This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Welcome to 2024. Now brace yourself. That's the headline from one news piece around the world here today, and I'm glad that you've joined us. It's conversation with ever-increasing conviction. Talk that transforms, and we're going to take a little journey around the world very quickly. We're going to spend uh, perhaps the first half hour of the program here today uh, on this very quick journey around the world. But because of the significance of this journey, looking at 2024, as the headline says, perhaps you should brace yourself. In other words, put a seatbelt on your chariot. Make sure you have a head restraint so that you don't uh, have unnecessary jerking and require an eternal chiropractor to adjust yourself. Here we go. Now, as we launch into the deep here today, which indeed we're going to do, uh, we're going to also conclude in the second half of the program by uh, looking at, well, God's perspective on perhaps how you and I should look at things as we go into this year that people have been wondering about, concerned about, the year 2024. Just seven years before the wrap-up of the 2030 Great Reset and the United Nations Declaration concerning the fulfillment of its 2030 agenda. Seven years, 2024, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, and 30. Seven years. For those of you that are Christians, you might want to just consider that number. We're not going to say any more about that number. Just consider that number. So brace yourself. We're seeing a series of dire predictions for 2024 from many sources. Economist Harry Dent of the Dent Investment Management Firm is saying, I think 2024 is going to be the biggest single financial crash year we'll see in our lifetimes. He remains firm that an everything bubble is going to burst in this upcoming year. He further predicts the results will not be an economic recession, but a full-born depression. Well, for those of you who are not following Jesus Christ and trusting him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength to be your provider, your protector, your savior, your redeemer, your high tower, your shelter in the time of storm, you may be full of anxiety. You may be full of fear. But that's not why we're bringing this information here to you today. You might think so, but that's not the reason. The reason is so that we can grasp the gravamen of the year to come in order to readjust our minds and our hearts and secure ourselves more completely in our faith, in the God who made and preserved us a nation, and the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the God of eternal salvation for those who put their complete and full trust in him and live accordingly. 
Historian Victor David Hansen is calling 224 the year of reckoning. The year of our reckoning. Don't forget those words. The year of our reckoning. In 2024, the tab for our current apathy, toxic politics, and incompetence will come due, he said. CBS News investigative reporter Catherine Herridge made a dark prediction that 2024 would produce a black swan event that would shock the world. And, of course, 2024 is an infamous election year with all the political and societal chaos that that implies and then some. And if the prospect of a third world war doesn't bother you, then rising costs, stagnant wages, and urban decay might. But the greatest conceit of mankind is this. It can't happen to me. That is the typical normalcy bias, friends, which Wikipedia defines as a mental state that causes people to underestimate both the possibility of a disaster occurring and its possible effects. It's sometimes called the it-can't-happen-here syndrome. Any disturbing indications that something bad may happen are dismissed or trivialized, and that's particularly true for Americans. Because, after all, as we think, we're Americans, and we're different than all the other countries of the world. In fact, we're the exception to every rule, including even God's rule. So, as Anne Rand so memorably put it, You can't ignore reality, but you can't ignore the consequences of ignoring reality either. The fact is, very little happens that doesn't give some sort of advanced warning. And that's true particularly for those who are listening to Viewpoint and have been listening for years. You know that we are providing the leading edge, not only of information, but information that should lead to transformation For your life, the life of your family, the life of your congregation, those that you love. That's what we do. So the question is, where do we even begin? Where do we even begin? Well, we'll start with this. The Russian Times says that World War III is approaching just as planned. We're not going to go into the details, but that's the headline. World War III approaching just as planned. But at the same time, we're informed that the Bible is consistently the best-selling book of the year and was last year as well. The New Yorker magazine said the Bible is the best-selling book of the year every year, and about 88% of Americans own a Bible, and they own an average of 4.4 copies of the Bible according to George Barna. The best-selling book of all time is the Christian Bible according to Guinness's world record website. The question is, what are we doing with all the Bibles that we own? As George Gallup said in 1995, before the Christian publishing industry in Dallas, Texas, he said, you know what? He said, we still revere the Bible, we just don't read it. Well, to say we revere the Bible means that we're buying them, and we say that we believe the Bible, but it just isn't necessarily true. 
For instance, Franklin Graham erupted on church officials in not-so-jolly old England. Why did he do that? Because the United Methodist Church in England, Methodist Church of the United Kingdom, has declared now that using the words husband and wife is hurtful and should not be used in their congregations. Husband and wife. Hurtful. Because of their inclusive church language guide that orders ministers and churchgoers to avoid using words that may be hurtful and offensive to the homosexual and transgender community. Really? And we believe the Bible? We'll be back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Apparently, the disbelief in the Bible, or the lack of affirmative belief in all of the Bible, uh, is a characteristic that is spread across the world. Yes, and it only matters in so-called Christian areas. So it's not just in the UK. It's coming from the Vatican, coming from the Pope who just before the turn of the year declared that, uh, yeah, it's okay for uh, the practice of homosexuality to persist and and bishops should be able to uh, put their blessing on homosexual unions. Even though the God of the Bible said it's an abomination. So again, again, we just don't believe the Bible. We say we believe the Bible from cover to cover, but we don't. We believe it selectively, according to our particular predilections and feelings at a given moment. Whatever we want it to say, we conclude it does say. But Franklin Graham, in responding to this, says these are biblical terms, husband and wife, man and woman. The word wife is used some 360 verses in 38 books of the Bible. So what they're trying to do is edit what the Word of God says and teach us to be more appealing to the changing whims of the culture. Well, who defines the culture? Apparently those in the media, those who speak and scream the loudest, those who have the most money. They're the ones that are defining the culture. And the culture is following on like the Pied Piper, leading the people right over the cliff, laying down breadcrumbs along the way to satisfy their lust until they disappear over the spiritual cliff. Well, speaking of spiritual cliffs, again, we're talking about 2024. What to expect in 2024? As we open the program I said, brace yourself. 
And you need to continue to brace yourself because we're just starting, friends. We're just starting. This headline comes, Stone the Gays, African State President of Burundi is condemning the West for pressuring the continent of Africa to embrace LGBTQ practices. So the Burundi president has called boldly for same-sex couples to be publicly stoned during, as he was calling for a press conference uh, last Friday. He suggested the general population of Burundi should help carry out the punishment. In other words, a collective stoning, so that it would be public and the people would be highly discouraged from practicing what God calls an abomination. He said, put them in a stadium and stone them. He told reporters that condemning marriage between same-sex individuals is an abominable practice. Same-sex marriage between same-sex individuals, an abominable practice. He's just quoting the Bible. The African leader also lambasted powerful Western nations for threatening smaller countries with financial penalties penalties if they refuse to adopt pro-LGBTQ values. Burundians living outside the country of Burundi who have chosen the devil, said the president, becoming practicing homosexuals, should not come back to the country. Now, he's not alone. Over 30 African states have anti-LGBTQ laws on the books, much to the chagrin of the West, especially Americans and especially Joe Biden, who have attempted to use their considerable financial leverage to push back. After Uganda Uganda adopted anti-gay legislation that imposed the death penalty for aggravated homosexuality, including having sex with a minor or while HIV positive, the World Bank cut the country off from the new funding, a move that could result in the loss of billions in aid dollars. How did that happen? Because the Biden administration pushed for it. The U.S. imposed a travel ban on Ugandan officials and removed the nation from a trade deal. And Ghana, in West Africa, that has the phrase, the motto, Jinami, which means but God or but for God, voted to adopt legislation that would punish LGBTQ advocacy with prison time earlier this last year and have vowed to retaliate against the U.S. economic interests if its own law is met with a similar response from Washington, as was Uganda's. Again, we're just starting, friends. African Catholic bishops say no to same-sex union blessings. Ghanaian and Nigerian Catholic bishops insist that homosexual relations with, would violate both the laws of God and their countries. Hard to disagree with that, since God calls it the practice of homosexuality, an abomination. In fact, the bishops of Ghana, who have long opposed homosexuality, as a, said it is a threat to the survival of the human race. We could go on with that drift, but we're not. We're going to continue on and take a broader look at where 
the violation of the word of God in the area of sexual behavior is going. That's not the only place we're going to go today. We're going to go all over the world. We're going to go into politics. We're going to go into uh, the globalism. We're going to go into a uh, actually AI, artificial intelligence. These are the things that are driving the United States and the whole world in 2024. Get ready. A lonely woman in Canada has decided that she's in love with a tree. And not in a happy hippie tree hugger kind of a way. No, she's declared herself an ecosexual. She's erotically attracted to this poor, unsuspecting tree. She's 45 years of age, and uh, she is a self-professed self-intimacy guide and somatic sex educator in training. Her enduring passion for this deciduous specimen tree began during the COVID lockdowns in 2022 and 2021, or 2020 and 2021. After walking near the tree five days a week for the whole winter, she said, I noticed a connection with the tree. And during that lonely time, she had been craving that rush of erotic energy that comes when you meet a new partner, she said. So she opened herself to erotic experiences with the oak tree, like lying against it. Now, she doesn't have sex with the tree, she said, but instead insisted her newfound echosexuality is just another way to explore the erotic. But then, the USA Boxing Association has decided, in total fairness, to allow transgender people that is, men who claim to be women, to fight women. That's the new rule. Men over the age of 18 are going to be able to compete against women, provided that they complete gender reassignment surgery and submit to quarterly hormone testing for four years. The purpose of the policy is to provide fairness and safety for all boxers, said the U.S. Boxing Association. From weird to weirder to weirdest, and that's what happens when you abandon the God of the Bible, you refuse to worship God as God, but your foolish mind and heart become increasingly darkened. And then you begin to act like fool, and you treat one another in perverse ways, just as the Apostle Paul described in Romans chapter 1. And then finally as if it's not enough for individuals to be able to do the, to, to be doing these things, the people around in the culture and in organizations and so on, and even churches come alongside and begin to support them in their perverse ways. And God says they're going to be held equally accountable and judged the same as those who actually commit the acts. Read it at the end of Romans chapter 1. Well, we shift then. We shift to the political world. 2024 could be the year when the West liberal elites lose control of the world order, 
says the Russian Times. This year began with one fierce military confrontation of global significance and ends with two of them. And there are no guarantees that they're going to not continue until the end of 2024. So the current proliferation of conflicts is a symptom, they say, of the weakening of the modern international power structure. What then does that look like? Well, the next headline. Will 2023 be known as the last year of global U.S. hegemony? In other words, the U.S. in control of the world order. From Ukraine to Israel to China, the chaos of the past year saw the American hold on the reins of the world slip. As we conclude the year 2023, we look back on another 12 months of global turmoil, upheaval, and uncertainty. The past year has undoubtedly been one of the starkest periods of global turmoil since the run-up to the First World War, and the historical parallels are uncanny says the Russian Times. Likewise, U.S. unipolarity began to wane by the 2010s following the resurgence of Russia as well as the rise of China. And that's true, by the way. Then also for the Russian Times comes this headline, Iran and Russia officially ditch the dollar. This is a big deal, friends. Iran and Russia have officially abandoned the U.S. dollar for mutual settlements after the countries finalized an agreement to trade in the ruble and the real. This is a big deal. This is a very, very big deal, friends. Why? Well, for one thing, the dollar is what has enabled the U.S. to have basic uh, uh, global economic and political hegemony in the world. Russia says, not so fast anymore. So, as you know, Russia and China decided to form a new economic world order called the BRICS nation, B-R-I-C-S, Brazil, Russia, China, India, and South Africa. Now, Iran is joining... Saudi Arabia is now joining as of today, and numerous other nations are set to join this month. This will create one of the largest, perhaps the largest economic power block in the world, exceeding the U.S. and the Western world. What does that mean to you, and what does that mean to me? Well, from a biblical perspective, it should mean that we see the fulfillment of biblical prophecy occurring very rapidly and taking place right before our eyes in this very year, starting immediately. Not starting at the end of the year, starting immediately. Does that get your attention yet? It should. Because it should tell us that we are on the near edge of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Exactly when that will be, we don't know for sure. But we are instructed to understand the season, that these things should not take us unawares. The Apostle Paul warned the Thessalonians that 
uh, the coming of the Lord should not take them unawares because they've been informed. Why have they been informed and for what purpose? To be transformed, to be prepared. Jesus' warnings through his parables and other direct statements were replete with the call to be prepared. The parable of the five wise and five foolish virgins was about that specifically. When Jesus said over and over again in various kinds of statements that people would not know when he was going to come. It would come suddenly and uh, they would be taken by surprise. Why did he say that? So that they would be prepared. Are you? Are you prepared? Well, we have many more things that we need to bring forward here today before the final segment of the program in which I lay out for you God's encouragement for your strength in this challenging hour. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. Again, we're taking a look at 2024, looking ahead, uh, and we need to be prepared because the warning signs are all there. Everybody is sounding them, except those who are Pollyanna uh, proponents who want to tell everybody that everything's wonderful, everything's cool, don't don't be concerned. Everything's wonderful. Uh, Jesus is coming. You're not going to have to go through any difficult times. Well, if you're not going to have to go through any difficult times, you better be raptured today because those times are coming rapidly in 2024. And if you go through 2024, you know that there's no pre-trib rapture because we're already in that time. Whether you want to admit it or not, whether your normalcy bias will not allow you to admit it doesn't mean it isn't there. Just just saying. Now let's go further here and take a look at some other things. We're going to have to move very, very quickly. Uh, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce has now formally surrendered to Bill Gates' globalism uh, because they have received a almost a million dollars from Bill Gates, which secures, it's, it's kind of like a formal kind of, it's not bribery, but it's seducing them into the globalistic uh, embrace of uh, Bill Gates and everything that he stands for, which is pure globalism. So you no longer can trust the United States Chamber of Commerce because they have gone globalist. 
They're not interested in the United States anymore. They're interested in the globalist vision. Speaking of globalism, the year 2023 saw the birth of a new superpower, or at least a wannabe superpower, India. Following a triumphant moon mission and the prestigious hosting of the G20 summit, India is poised to enter 2024 with a renewed sense of optimism for further economic expansion and aspirations to play a bigger geopolitical role. Well, how would that be? Because they are one of the leaders, the founders of the BRICS organization, which is one of the three great players in the end-time geopolitical battle that the world will face. You have the Western world order, led by the United States, including all the resurrected Roman Empire in Europe and so on. Then you have the BRICS nations, Russia, China, and all of the other nations that are being included in that. And then in opposition to all of those is are the Islamic nations. There are your three great players. Now, speaking of prophecy and the great players, this announcement came from Russia at the end of the year. Russia oil experts are higher now than they were before the Ukraine conflict. This last year's crude shipments from Russia are estimated around 250 million tons, which is 7% higher than in 2021. Moscow's income from crude sales almost doubled from April to October, despite international pressure and forecasts of a huge deficit. Russia's net oil revenues of $11 billion in October accounted for 31% of the country's overall net budget revenue for the month. Now, what is this saying? Is this saying that, uh, you know, we're jumping up and down uh, because of Russia's apparent success in this regard? No, it's just facing the facts. The facts are that the West's effort, led by Joe Biden, to try to bring Russia to its knees has failed. Just failed. In fact, it's actually triggered something far more profound, and that is the formation of the BRICS nations and the unification of the majority producers of oil and gas energy other than the United States of America, all unified now under the BRICS umbrella. I want you to consider that. Because in the light of biblical prophecy, if Israel were to suddenly have not only massive gas discoveries as they did 10 years ago, that made them energy independent, but would suddenly have a divine fracking enterprise to where oil that geo uh, petrogeologists believe is and has been under Israel but has been unable to be accessed should suddenly spring forth from the earth. It would change everything. Geopolitically, economically, and set the stage very likely for the Gog and Magog War of Ezekiel 38 and 39. 
where Russia and the other nations that are listed there, including Iran, that's Persia, and Libya, and other uh, nations, many other nations with them, would join together to attack Israel in the latter days to take a spoil. All these things are being set up. And if we do not see the trajectory of history uniting with the trajectory of prophecy, we miss the mark. And it might be interesting to you to know, this headline came from World, the World Tribune, it's time to freak out over AI's growing power, artificial intelligence. One of the leaders of the whole movement said the likely result of humanity facing down an opposed superhuman intelligence is a total loss. He's warning, stop this while you can. But the Christian magazine started by Billy Graham, Christianity Today, is now promoting AI sermons. You got that right. That's the headline. A young Taiwanese pastor is promoting it. Wrote a feature article. So does the move toward AI in sermons suggest churches will be dominated by the spirit of Antichrist? Next headline. A human entity that has no mother or father The embryo model releases hormones that triggered a positive pregnancy test, something out of a science fiction novel. The team of researchers was able to create a human entity without a mother or father by starting with naive stem cells. Sounds like an attempt to create a virgin birth and a modern Melchizedek who had no mother or father, was referenced to Christ himself. This is the lead of science, friends. The next headline, the billion-dollar search for immortality. Billion-dollar search for immortality. The race of immortal supreme beings becoming God. We don't want to even get into AI bioweapons or the threat from a senior artificial intelligence industry official that AI could lead to the extinction of the human race. So where is it all going? Well, consider this. A new Los Angeles-based station, Channel One, is set to launch AI-generated anchors at the beginning of this year with the ultimate goal of providing every viewer with a personalized broadcast to demonstrate the potential of virtual reporters, lifelike avatars that look much like real human anchors on the news. 
With the implementation of new technologies such as AI-generated news anchors, the public envisions a dystopian future dominated by the proliferation of fake news and fueled by the algorithmic generation of content, wrote the Daily Mail. Kristen Ruby, the CEO of Ruby Media Group, said, if you believe in the concept of fake news, you have seen nothing yet. At least your news is presented by humans. When AI news anchors replace human news anchors, the concept of fake news will have a totally different meaning. And everybody says, amen. In other words, yeah, that's the way it will be. That is true. The one good thing reported is that Israel, Israeli Christian population is growing. Three quarters of Israeli Christians are Arab Christians. They make up 6.9% of the total Arab population, but they don't much like the Jewish people. Okay, so where do we go from here? Given all of this news, this is real news. This is not fake news. We're telling you the real thing, putting it in a, a bigger picture so that we can understand that these are not isolated events. The whole move of the globalist movement is set to be completed with the Great Reset seven years from now. Agenda 2030, set by the United Nations, is set to be finished seven years from now. Many other aspects of the movements of society, both here and around the world, are all coordinated with 2030, seven years from now. Now, if these things were to take place anywhere near, like we have just been talking about, that is already a reality. How should you and I then live? How should we respond as Christians? Should we be fretting? Should we be wringing our hands in despair? What should we do? That's what we want to focus on in the next 12 minutes. Stay tuned. This is Viewpoint. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by His Spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, Behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. In front of me on the broadcast desk is an absolutely beautiful plaque that I found discarded in a 
uh, well, it had been shipped off to one of these, uh, you know, like Goodwill. It was a Christian version of Goodwill. And here's what it says. It's on dark, dark brown or black. And in gold lettering, standing out dramatically are these words. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. God, grant unto me the serenity to accept the things I can't change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Oftentimes, that's our problem. We're frantic and fretting because we don't realize the things that we cannot change. We refuse to admit it. And so we frantically fret and worry And it drives our minds and our hearts crazy. Causes our, literally our physical well-being to deteriorate. To feel the stress of what is coming. That is not what God desires for you or for me. You say, well, then how do you handle all of this, dealing with all of this information, and you're, you're dealing with it every day, and you've been doing this for 30 years. How do you handle all that? Well, I'll tell you. I handle it the way I'm going to share with you in the next few minutes. First of all, I have to understand that there are things that I cannot change. It doesn't mean I shouldn't know about them, but I shouldn't focus on them for myself because I can't change them anyway. What I need to do is understand what I can change and have the courage to do so. Most Christians are so worried about the things that they can't change that they refuse to embrace the things that they can. It's unbelievable. It's like we want to know everything that we can't know and that God hasn't enabled us to know, and we frantically pursue those kinds of things, but the things that are plain on their face that God has made so clear for us to know, we don't embrace them or do anything about it. It's amazing. So then we have to have the wisdom to know the difference. Well, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of that wisdom, friends. And the problem is that very few Americans these days fear the Lord, even in our churches. They just don't. We know they don't fear the Lord because they fear man. And the fear of man is a snare. So I want to share with you some very simple truths that are precious to me. And I hope to you as you hear them. They come from Psalm 37. I believe that there are five, maybe six points here, depending on how you look at it. The first is, fret not yourself because of evildoers. Stop fretting. Stop wringing your hands. Stop thinking you have to figure everything out and control everything because you're not going to be able 
to do it. It's okay to know about some of these things, but then we can't dwell on them. We should know, but we cannot dwell. We don't want to play a world of pretend. We don't want to be like a little kid, that, a little two-year-old that puts his hand over his eyes and says, look, Ma, you can't see me. Many of us are saying the same thing with God. Many of us are saying, well, we're going to substitute the power of positive thinking or the power of positive believing with trusting God, and we're going to pretend that these things are not real. They're not really going to happen. Well, God says they're going to happen, but we pretend they're not. Yeah. So we're going to walk on water even when the floods are overwhelming. We're, we're, we're just not going to really trust God. We're going to pretend that there's no flood. We're going to pretend that there's no earthquake. We're going to pretend that there's no globalism. We're going to pretend that there is no assault coming from the Biden administration on Christians everywhere, which it is, by the way. And it's not just coming from Biden. 130-some people in Nigeria, Christians in several communities, were wiped off the face of the map vigorously by Boko Haram just last week. Christians. And they weren't raptured. Can you believe that? They weren't raptured. Of course, that was Nigeria. That wasn't America, right? So things like that would never happen in America. But how about the man that's been sitting for six months in a jail in Washington, D.C., in a little cubicle that's hardly enough for him to lie down in with solitary confinement because he refuses to admit and declare that Donald Trump was an insurrectionist. You think these things are not happening in America? Oh, you're living in a Pollyanna world. And it's happening rapidly. It's coming very quickly, friends. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shall you dwell in the land, and verily you shall be blessed. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Do you know what trusting in the Lord means? It means you're going to agree with his word. His assessment of life, his assessment of our times, his assessment of the condition of your life, your family, our country, your congregation. Pastors, we're talking to you too. We're just not willing to agree with God's assessment. Oh, God's assessment of everybody else. Yeah, the pagans out there. But no, his concern is about you. Professing Christians, all the warnings of Scripture are duress directed to professing believers, the followers of God. Why? Because that's God's warmest audience. So he said, you're the ones that I'm calling to trust in me. You're the ones I'm calling not to fret because of evildoers. The evildoers will always be evildoers unless they're converted. 
But the pagans, Jesus said in John 3, are condemned already. That doesn't mean we should not seek to bring them to a place of confession of faith, repentance, and walking with the Lord. But the majority will not. Even many within the professing Christian community are not going to make it. They're going to fall away. Why? Because they don't really trust in the Lord with all their heart. They just don't. You know how we know they don't? Because they don't obey God. Because the sure, the surest expression of trust is obedience. If you don't obey your parents, it's clear you don't trust them. If you don't obey God, it's clear you don't trust him and you don't agree with everything he says. I'm just putting it very simply, friends. You're a jury of my peers. I'm pleading the cause of a lifetime to a jury of my peers, and I'm trying to give us all hope. Hope amid the horror, the horrors to come. Whether it's all in 2024 or just is launched into the deep in 2024, we need to have these truths oriented in our lives to secure our direction. And you need to have it to convince your children and your grandchildren. Fear not or fret not because of evildoers. Trust in the Lord and do good. Commit your way unto the Lord. Commit your way unto the Lord. In other words, release all this stuff that you keep holding on to because you can't change it. Don't make a fetish out of globalism or fighting globalism. Yes, we need to know what it is and why it's coming and its effect on our lives as fulfillment of biblical prophecy. We need to understand that. We try to do that here on this program. But you can't ultimately change it. So, Lord God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he'll direct your path. He'll protect your ways. Next, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. What does that mean? Well, it means you're going to want to spend a lot more time with him. You're going to want to spend a lot more time in his word. And you're going to be seeking him with a whole heart because in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. Isn't that what you want? Isn't that what we need? Fullness of joy? Exactly, that's what we need. In your presence is fullness of joy. Delight yourself in the Lord. That's an affirmative action. It's not something that comes upon you. It's something you and I must do. You see, but we don't think about 
things that we can do. We want to do things that we can't do. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I can't change, but the courage to change the things I can. So it's time to step up in courage. And finally, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Rest in the Lord. You can't rest in the Lord if you don't delight yourself in the Lord. Because you won't be spending enough time for him to even have a clue what it means to rest in the Lord. And you're not going to be able to rest in the Lord if you're glued to your cell phone and other media constantly. You're not going to be able to do it. Because you will not be able to hear his still small voice. I'm sorry. You're not going to be able to. So do you have the courage to change the thing, your addiction to the media? I'm not saying don't have a cell phone. I'm not saying don't use a computer. I'm saying don't let them use you. I have to have complete control over these things. I have to use, I'm using technology right now to direct. But am I going to make a fetish out of this? No, I'm just using it. I'm not going to let it control my life. I don't feel like I have to pant breathe over uh, spending 10 hours on the air to get a message out. No, I can't change all that anyway. I have to trust the Lord. So I'm going to do what he allows me to do, thank him for the privilege, and then trust him to do what I can't. Fret not because of evildoers. Trust in the Lord to do good. Commit your way unto him. Trust also in him. It'll direct your path. Delight yourself in the Lord, friends, and he'll give you the desires of your heart that are in accordance with his word. And rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. You might want to replay this program on the Internet, on our website, saveus.org. You might want to even tell some other folk about it so that they also will fret not, trust, commit, delight, and rest. Thanks for joining us. Become a partner, friends. Send your gifts by faith to Save America Ministries. Do it today. We need the the greater help today than ever before to get the message out to prepare the way of the Lord. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home. 